Hi there, CT Startup fans. This is producer Chris DeMauro here, and this week we are bringing you part one of a two-part interview series we did in conjunction with the Crossroads Venture Group and UConTEP. In this episode, we sat down with two CVG board members and a representative of UConn to discuss the state of the startup ecosystem in Connecticut and what their organizations are doing to make it even more appealing to new startups and founders. Next week, we'll have a string of interviews with the founders who attended the CVG event. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this newest episode of the CT Startup Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the CT Startup Podcast. Today, we're here with two board members of the Crossroads Venture Group, Greg Lallier and Paul Hughes. Welcome, guys. Hello. It's wonderful to see you. Great to be here. Okay, so let's start off with the basics. Um, Greg, take us through what CVG is, where it comes from. Well, CVG is a association of people who are in the startup venture community, um, primarily in Connecticut, although we do try to stretch outside of Connecticut into New York, tri-state area, up to Massachusetts and Western Mass. Um, for lack of a better term, we're sort of the entree into the startup VC community here in Connecticut. Um, the good thing about Connecticut is that it's a small community. It's also a bad thing because it's hard to find the right person to get into that community. And so we're sort of the host of opening that door for somebody who wants to get in. And once you are in, it's, it's very, it's a good way, the organization is a good way to jump feet first and because pretty much you're gonna meet every significant person who plays a role in the Connecticut ecosystem. That's fantastic. How large is CVG? In terms of membership? Yeah. I don't know, how, do you know? I'd say it's in the high hundreds, could yeah. be a thousand. Oh, fantastic. And is it a group that meets on a regular basis? We're here today at, at UConn TIP. We're going to get into that later on. But how do you connect with CVG? Yeah, we usually have a, we have a meeting once a month, usually. Um, sometimes, you know, less than that, depending upon the year or if there's something a big. We usually have one big event. Um, this year, this past year, it coincided with the Innovation Week. Yeah. Uh, and so we had an inventure clash, um, which, with people don't know, that was a startup competition that was run by Connecticut Innovations, mm-hmm. which is a quasi-public governmental agency that does VC investments in Connecticut. Um, but you know, it, the board meets, you know, once a year. There's usually subcommittees of the board that we meet even more so than that. Um, but the events are really the big, the big meeting place yeah. for for. The, for companies and angels and investors alike. So how long has CVG been around? Paul? So CVG, I guess I'll date myself (laughs) as the the older of the duo here. Um, But uh, yeah, CVG's been around for the better part of three decades, maybe a little longer. Wow. And it actually started, I sometimes think about, Greg was talking about, you know, what is CVG? Um, And I sometimes think about it uh, from its roots as the Venture Capital Trade Association Mm -hmm. in Connecticut. That's how it started with a group of local VCs sitting around a table, um, just sharing ideas and deals. And out of that grew today's CVG, which Greg described quite well. Um, Really, I think at its uh, core initially uh, was about sharing deals and connecting capital to entrepreneurs. I guess back in the day when it was harder for the capital to find the entrepreneurs and harder for the entrepreneurs to find the capital than maybe it is today by name. Uh, but I think what what we continue to do 
um, we've evolved as the internet has become a place where people can see and be seen. I think the, the organization has evolved to sort of supplement that and to keep a kind of on the ground, person to person connection at the events Greg was talking about, the kind of monthly events uh, like the one we're here today, with a focus toward, again, capital formation back to the roots and connecting entrepreneurs. Maybe it's with capital, maybe it's with people who work within the ecosystem who can help them understand, in the first instance, maybe from an accounting firm, how to plan for the capital, what are their capital needs, maybe from a, a law firm to talk about the, the transaction of you know, bringing the capital into the company and that sort of thing. But again, always with a sort of focus on capital. Yeah, fantastic. So what is a deal that you're really proud of, that CVG was? I think every deal's I'm proud of. I mean, oh, good I mean that's, answer. I mean, I, I, <laughs> you can tell we're talking with a couple I, of lawyers. I, I, <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I mean, that's why I got into doing what I do. You know, uh -huh. I, we joked about it earlier off mic, which Paul and I aren't trial attorneys. And the reason why we're not trial attorneys is because we like to bring people together and yeah. make deals, right? Um, we, you know, when everybody's walking away happy, and, and that, that doesn't always happen, but that's the goal, right? Mm -hmm. And if a deal happens, it's it's a good thing that a deal happened, and we avoided court, or we avoided people walking out of a room. Um, you know, I grew up in a family business, and so it, it, for me, this is in my DNA anyway. Um, and you know, I look at every client and person on the other side as if my father was on the other side, you know, doing that deal. So. Right, right. So in the last decade, um, has it gotten easier to make deals in Connecticut? Wait, that's a tough question. They're, they're looking uh, at each other like, no. <laughs> <laughs> in some ways, yes. In some ways, no, I would say. Huh, interesting. Um, you know, I think there's, there, we go through these phases where there's, you know, you know a lot of activity. Yeah. Um, the problem Connecticut, I think, has had from the beginning is sort of, the, or, you know, there's sort of angels, there's a late stage, and then, but in, in that middle, it's yeah. always been difficult, yeah. and I think that hasn't changed in 10 years. So you're talking about like the seed and Series A kind of uh, rounds, or? Yeah. Correct, it's, yeah, pre, there's plenty of pre-seed capital. Correct. A lot of pre-seed deals getting done. I think they're actually, I would say, sort of, sort of when I got thoughtful, as you said, 10 years, I was thinking about the last 10 years, and it's been a real roller coaster. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, in fact, I, I sort of think about, I, I pull out some of those years. Okay, let's, let's go with the past <laughs> six yeah. and a half, you know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, but when I look at that, I think actually there's been this steady ramp over yeah. the last five to six mm -hmm. years yeah. of increased seed capital available, pre-seed and seed capital availability. I'd say that uh, I, I was thinking the same thing Greg was in terms of that, you know, the, the chasm of death, you yes. know, Series A. Um, and if you do a Series A, where's the Series B coming from? Um, that's actually gotten better. But I think that's a function of the whole market getting better. Yes. Um, as a relative matter, it still is the hardest place to be, mm -hmm. right? It's that first round of true institutional capital, mm -hmm. that first round of what I'd call expansion capital, mm -hmm. not late stage ex expansion capital like you mm -hmm. used to do, mm -hmm. but that expansion from pre-seed seed into, yeah. okay, this is a functioning company. I mean, you know, the real VC space. Correct, correct. Um, and that, you know, I, I, there's been some talk in Silicon Valley and in New York that there's leakage outside of those VC communities, meaning that those markets are geographically saturated. 
and that the VCs are hungry for you know, exterior markets like Hartford. And yet, I don't know that I see evidence of that from this vantage point. Fair enough. I, I think you're right. So I, I read the same things. Yeah. I yeah. hear the same yeah. things. And while I think that's true, and it's always been true, I mean, let's face it, Connecticut is not Palo Alto. Right. It's not Boston. Okay. But it has really, I'd argue, for decades, and we're sort of doing, I think, a better job at letting people know, had a very vibrant venture community, a very vibrant startup community, mm -hmm. and actually a very vibrant technology community. There's a lot, a lot of publicly traded yeah. um, technology companies here in the state, uh, biotech, high tech, yes. et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, but what I've seen over that whole period is we've always been a bit of a leakage state, yeah. right? Yep. We, again, <laughs> we, we aren't. Those guys. What a great word. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, well, yeah. And, and so for us, actually, we, we you know, don't think of that as leakage. We think of that as capital yes. filling, right. filling the gap. Right. Um, so in any event, yeah, heard it for a long time. I guess it's there. You know, a rising tide raises all boats. Mm -hmm. I was sort of saying the last six years, mm -hmm. you know, we've seen an increase in activity for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, you know, it just it, you and I both know that there are incubators and startups, uh, that accelerators that, that say that their year-over-year -year growth in interest in the sophistication of the startups that are seeking funding in the state, um, in the scale they reach within the first 24 months of being founded, and sort of the velocity of their build. All of those, by all of those metrics, um, Connecticut's healthier uh, and coming back strong from the recession and arguably healthier now than it was pre-recession in that regard. Um, but, you know, uh, do you see CVG as playing a role in, in earlier stage startups? Or yeah, is, yeah, I think they it plays a role. Okay. I mean, I think, you know, go back to Paul's history comment about CVG. I mean, I think we can play a role in bringing, you know, making investors from outside the state know that they can bring their money to the state, right? And, and making sure they know what is going on and that it's just not sort of, you know, waiting around for what falls from New York and Boston into, right. a, into right. their lap, right? right. Um, we could probably do a better job of that, CBG. I mean, I think we've always talked about that. How can we do a better job of promoting the, the, the ecosystem outside the state to, you know, Silicon Valley, anybody anybody else who would listen? Because, hey, hey look, um, we're still, you know, I'm a Connecticut kid. We're, we, we're conservative by nature, right? And the reason why we sort of have that chasm of death between series seed and later stage is because we're a risk-averse in, in our DNA. Land of steady habits. That's right. <laughs> and so, you know, getting, you know, if we can get money from the West Coast, which tend to be a little bit more risk takers, I think that's a good thing. It's a good thing for, for, for us. And I think it, we're, you're starting to see that. I mean, we did a good job of, you know, starting um, during the innovation week of, of really attracting outside states uh, investors to come into the state. And I think we, we can continue to do that. So yeah. from so so you guys so, sorry to interrupt but so you two are technically service providers right so we have the different badges on service provider entrepreneur investor so I, I would like to hear from both the service provider you know point of view but also from the investor point of view is that how are people seeing the quality of the entrepreneur coming out of Connecticut 
Because I would assume that that is a part of more deal flow into Connecticut. It's not just what the business is, but the entrepreneur. Because again, the angels, the the venture capitalists, they're they're back in the entrepreneur, right? They want to make sure that that entrepreneur can go through the dips and everything. So, t- tell us a little about the evolution of of the the quality of the entrepreneur that's coming out of Connecticut, both from the service provider standpoint, and then also what your investors that are part of the group are saying. Yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll start. Um, I, it seems to me I kind of measured the health of. Uh, both the entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurial community, um, in some respects, it's anecdotal, but I'll, mm-hmm. I, I measure it by the sort of second, third, sometimes fourth time serial entrepreneurs that we see and that we work with. And um, they're out there. There's a lot of them out there. Um, there are a number who are making angel investments, but there are also a number who are looking for deals, uh, both to put some of their money into, but also to put their expertise into. Mm-hmm. And um, those folks number in the multiple dozens uh, today. 20 years ago, they didn't. So that, to me, is a measure of very strong uh, mm-hmm. ecosystem. And they're the mentors but, now, right? I mean, uh, presumably, well, right? So, so they're the mentors and the entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, depending on sort of age, energy, and, and personal, just personal interest, right? Um, not everybody wants to sort of sell their company and then invest in other people. A lot of people want to do the next deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do the oh, next yeah. deal as entrepreneur. Yep. Um, so anyway, with that measure, I think the quality is quite high. I also think um, I do a fair amount of work with uh, some of the major universities in the state and some of their student ventures, and the quality of student is through the roof. Um, I won't use myself as a comparison because it's been too long, but, <laughs> but even within those, uh, those, uh, those groups, within those universities, each one versus the other and within them. I look over the last 10 years and I see such a maturation of, of the students and the way they think about uh, entrepreneurship, the way they think about their companies, the way they present themselves and their companies. Yeah. I think where I maybe uh, I'm less bullish is on the, I'll call it the other end. It's the sort of senior management, sort of post So I think we're very strong as to entrepreneurs. It's the, uh, okay, I've got my institutional round, maybe I'm even going into the B round, and the rest of the sort of team to fill out the, uh, the management team, sort mm-hmm. of that entrepreneurial cultural cu- culture bleeding all the way in through the management team. Um, that's where I'd go back to you know, the, Greg's comment about the land of steady habits. I think that one of our big challenges going forward is to really get what we're all doing here and we're all thinking about out into the broader conversation and just broader population. Mm-hmm. So, so you have the entrepreneurial kind of number one, but you need to have the entrepreneurial number two, three, four, five that can still kind of create an entrepreneurial team, not just uh, just the regular management team, right? That exactly. Yep. Nice. Yeah, and I, and I think that's you asked about investors. I think that's a challenge that investors see in making that Series B, Series A investment in a Connecticut company, and we lose some companies to other states mm-hmm. and other communities. Yeah, we've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, so obviously, you know, just from your, your kind of anecdotal information, the, the ecosystem is getting more robust. It is kind of, you know, kind of maturing a little bit. And so I guess uh, from both standpoint is that what's a, what's a good thing that's, that's happening in the state or even with CBG? And then what are uh, one thing that we can still like, you know, kind of get better at within, within the ecosystem? Well, I'll, I'll take the, what, the good things that I've seen. Oh, the easy one? Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's, you know, over the last two years, I mentioned Venture Clash before, and, and I thought that was a great innovation over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it, they act, it was run by Connecticut Innovations, and they actively went out of the country, not just the state, yep. to promote the the the, the, the uh, venture clash uh, competition. And I thought that I, I thought that was in in some ways very uh, in, ingenious because you know you don't get the baggage going outside the state uh, outside yeah, the country, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, so somebody from Denmark doesn't know what you know. You, you tell them what the, the state taxes are in Connecticut, and it, it's still cheap for them, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they're like, <laughs> yeah, this is a deal. This is a deal. So whereas, you know, if you're in the, in, in the U.S., you're thinking, well, why, why am I going to uh, Connecticut for when I can just go down to Florida where there's, there's no state income tax? Right. But if you promote it outside the country, I thought that was a great thing. And, and, and we've seen some really interesting companies come in the state and establish U.S. headquarters in the state not just through the venture class winners, but even just other companies who have didn't win and decided, hey, look, yeah, this is a good place to set up our U.S. headquarters. So I thought that was a very good thing that, is, that has happened over the last, fairly recently over the last two years. And I think that's something we should continue to do more of mm-hmm. um, is promoting outside right. the country. And I'll, if we have another minute, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, so just say, uh, I'll, I'll address the challenge. Yeah. And it's actually the other side of that coin, right, which is getting the word out. And it's both outside the state and inside the state and changing the conversation from taxes and regulation to patents and intellectual capital, intellectual talent, and all the supporting services uh, that go along with that. We've got all that. Mm-hmm. We just need to let more people know it. So change the conversation to things that we can actually impact instead of having to deal with the, the, the slow kind of, tra- you know, kind of change of taxes and all the other kind of stuff, right? Correct. And as Greg, I, so I, I personally think, as Greg, I think, alluded to, it's a red herring, right? It yeah. costs money yes. to be open anywhere, right? right? And right. Florida may have a lower income tax, et cetera, but it still costs money to be open for business mm-hmm. in Florida. It costs money to be open for business in Connecticut. I'd like to talk about, think about, and let the world know about all the good things that we have to offer here once you're open for business. Absolutely. Nice. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Paul. Thanks, Greg, for coming on and uh, talking about CVG. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Terrific. All right. So we're here at the CVG event with Paige Rassid, and she is is the Technology Commercialization and Industry Relations Coordinator for UConn. How are you doing, Paige? Excellent. Thank you. All right. So what does that long title mean? What do you actually do for UConn? (laughs) You know... I do a lot of things here. Um, (laughs) Technology commercialization refers to the idea that we're trying to bring the research that's happening in our labs out to be commercialized, Mm -hmm. out to the marketplace. Uh, So that's half of my job title. The other is the industry relations piece. So trying to bring the industry in, also to look at our research, but also to look at our tip companies and the technology that they have. Okay. So, so tell us a little about the industry relation kind of side of it. So how, how has that gotten better over, uh, so Juan, how long have you been with UConn? Just under a year. Okay, so you're a little bit new with this. All right, cool. So, so tell us a little about um, your, your perspective on how that, that relationship has been building over the past year. Yeah, We have an amazing technology commercialization team here, uh, licensing directors who try to match the research we have to industry needs. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find out what the industry really is looking for. Uh, every company is different. Um, a lot of the job is being a matchmaker, um, trying to draw out from those talent tech scouts at big companies, trying to draw out what they're really looking for, what their focus is from their company, and matching it to, again, the research we have either at our labs or within our tip companies. 
Make it sound so dramatic. Like it's, oh, it's amazing. You know, being a matchmaker, when you really do make that good match, it's a win-win on both sides. It provides the funding from the industry partners to those companies or the researchers here in the labs. Can you give us an example of a good match? Oh, God, sure. Um, Just so, put her on the spot. I am. Well, that's what we do. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me talk about Shoreline Biome. Okay. It's a microbiome company here in, in TIP. Uh, it's a company that it has created diagnostic tools to identify the bacteria in a person's system for the sake of therapeutics. Oh, um, so the matchmaking comes when we look at companies like, for example, Roy Vant Sciences. We had them come in, interview with our companies, and again, it's that it's that matchmaking. Mm-hmm. So creating the meeting for the scientists and the industry person to discuss the science, discuss the place that that company is in their development, um, to try to figure out if there's a synergy between the large company and our smaller companies or or the research we have here. Um, And if it works, if the match is successful and a license is made or a merger agreement is put together, then that can mean funding for the company or funding for the research yeah, here at the Fantastic. Labs. So what are we doing today? Today, we've got Crossroads Venture Group here. Mm-hmm. And this is an example of us bringing outside organizations in to hold their events here at UConn. Um, CVG is a very well-established trade association here in the state. Yep. Um, they were able to bring, what, 75 people in. It's a good crowd. It's, yeah. a, it's a really nice crowd to talk with entrepreneurs from outside the university, but also we have our tip companies displaying here. Um, and the crowd is made up of entrepreneurs, academics, service providers, and sources of funding. So angel investors, mm-hmm. venture capital investors, um, so hopefully they're here looking at the innovation posters that we have set up so mm-hmm. they can read about the real detailed science that's involved mm-hmm. um, and and talking with those entrepreneurs because so often that angel investment or venture capital investment is based on personality. Yeah. I mean, the, yes. it's again, matchmaking. It's like a marriage between the two of them. They're going to be working together for years and it's really important for the act- the entrepreneur to meet in person with their investors. Yeah. Wonderful. Fantastic. Yeah. So so you kind of seem to walk the line between academics and the kind of the startup scene, right? So so how have you noticed the the evolution of the startup scene? So were you first off, were you involved in kind of the the startup scene or academics before you took this job? Yes. So previous to this, I was COO at the Connecticut Technology Council. Okay. I, I worked as um, we're familiar with them. Yeah. You know, I, I worked to, with Crossroads Venture Group in the past, too. Uh, so, yes, very much so. So so what, so so over, you know, working with the CTC and now working with uh, UConn, how have you seen the evolution of the startup ecosystem in Connecticut? Really, over the last decade, it's been incredible, the development of the innovation ecosystem. Um, I think that there was a real lack of entrepreneurial activity um, gatherings like this were fewer and farther between. Um, 
it was before the days of CT Next and all the funding that went into supporting the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Um, now, what we have is events all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, we do them, CVG, CTC, all, all these alphabet soup kind of agencies <laughs> yes. from across the state yes. are holding gatherings to try to you know, nurture these relationships. It's so important. Um, so it, it's developed a lot. I, I still think that there's a huge place for the sort of stage two companies, the like slightly later stage companies mm -hmm. to be developed more, mm -hmm. um, but this is a great start. Yes, yes, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Paige. You're welcome. You. Uh, we, we still have time. Oh. <laughs> I didn't make it. You, you see me flailing. I, last, the last one goes over. I'm like flailing. Yeah. Hey, we're out of time. We're out of time. It just keeps going. And now Andrea's like, no, we're done. We're good. Like the life of a producer. Yep. Shut this down. So, well, okay. Yeah, right. No, yeah, I mean, exactly. It, it, life of a producer. Yeah. This, this is, is a, staying in. This, yeah. this, this, no, it's not. He's cutting, he's cutting this out. So we're going to go back to where we were when you were answering. You, yeah. you just answered your last question. Um, so this next one yeah. I'll do. Uh, it, it, um, what comes next from a gathering like today? Well, hopefully these entrepreneurs will have a pocket full of business cards. And for them, it's about the follow-up. Yeah. Um, making sure that the connection that they made here doesn't just fizzle. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of work. For UConn TIP, uh, we work with the companies to encourage them to do those follow-ups sometimes help them reconnect with people they've lost touch with. Mm -hmm. um, and for the, the investors, you know, the, this is sometimes their first look at a company. Mm -hmm. For them, I know they will take that list of companies that they're seeing today, take it home, log it in, and they're going to be watching these companies yeah. to see how they develop. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important for the companies to get in the news, get on podcasts, mm -hmm. make sure their name is out there so that the investors see them over and over again and they stay top of mind. That is a, that is a very important point. And, you know, we definitely see some familiar faces out there. So, you know, you, sometimes you can kind of tell who the, who's really hustling out there, who's really, you know, trying to make it work because, oh, that's a, rec that's a recognizable face. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, they say it takes three or four meetings to really make a real connection. Mm -hmm. So for an entrepreneur, it's important to just be out there in the community, go to these kind of industry meetings and constantly get in front of their target market, their target investor, yeah. their target customer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, now UConn, like over the past uh, again a couple decades, they've really become a premier research or you know university, right? There's a lot of research being done and, and so forth. Is is really the 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 real step to kind of like showcasing the research is the commercialization, like when companies start connecting with the patent, start connecting with with the research that's happening, and to kind of actually make real businesses about it. Is that kind of like when it, you kind of see, oh wow, the research gets put into real life or you know into the marketplace? Yeah. Well, there's two sides to research. One is the commercialization side. The other is for science sake. Mm -hmm. um, at either point, there are decision points there. Um, are we, is this marketable? Is this a product that someone wants? And that's the commercialization road. Um, and you've got the whole patenting process to protect their IP and all of that is involved in our tech commercialization services area. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there's cool science even just in the straight up research that doesn't necessarily have a, a strong market. Mm -hmm. And you'll see a lot of researchers doing amazing things here that that may not have a commercial basis, but is adding to the field of research. And that's so important, too. Mm -hmm. So so I know, um, you know, kind of to wrap this up, but the normally we're talking about UConn students, right? Or professors that turn the research into uh, into kind of a business or into, you know, kind of a, a viable market um, product. Is there any way for just an entrepreneur to get involved with kind of what's going on at UConn and the research and everything like that? Is there is there a way for, for entrepreneurs for to kind asking. of reach out? Because because again, there's a lot of, I, I know for some entrepreneurs, they're looking at universities, what they're doing, what research is saying, like, oh, I can commercialize that or I can commercialize this. So... A lot of times the researcher, the scientist, is not the best CEO type. That's they why they're a the scientist. They don't have energy <laughs> to do that. So often what our TIP program does is we try to take those entrepreneurial types, serial entrepreneurs who are interested in leading their next startup. Um, we'll take them and do that matchmaking again with our researchers and suggest that that collaboration. Mm -hmm. We have programs here at UConn that are designed to try to create the entrepreneurial lead together with the scientific lead. Um, and yes, so there, there are spaces for entrepreneurs to get involved in UConn. And one great place to start is our innovation portal okay. that lists so much of our key research and patents that are available for licensing. Where, where do they find that? That's ip.ucon.edu. Perfect. There we go. Uh, Paige, thank you very much for joining us. We're going to have to wrap it up there. But uh, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you all. Thank you, Paige. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. Finally, we would like to thank both Sublime Exposure Online and Mirtha Kalina for providing resources and space to CT Startup, which make this show possible. See you next week.